In addition to taking care of one another inside the church, what if we developed a lifestyle of taking care of the most needy outside the walls of the church? How would that change the community and our city? Bob Moffat, president and founder of Harvest Foundation in Phoenix, along with Pastor Julian Gibb, talk with pastors and leaders about how sacrificial love by those in the church to those in need outside the church has helped people see and embrace Jesus Christ. It's that demonstration of Jesus' greatest commandment that we'll hear more about today on The Kingdom and Its Stories. Well, hello. My name is Julian Gibb, and uh, I serve at the Harvest Foundation. And today I'm blessed to have uh, a colleague. His name is Monku, and he's from Mongolia. So, Monku, welcome to you. Thank you. It's so, so good to talk to you. Well, first of all, um, tell us a little bit uh, about yourself. Where, whereabouts in Mongolia are you? So, um, I live in capital city of Mongolia called Ulaanbaatar. Um, so, I live with my wife and, and the daughter. Well, well wonderful. And um, so, what, you are a, a Christian in Mongolia. What's it like being a Christian? Is it, is it something that's easy or, um, or are there uh, challenges that, that you face? Yes. Uh, well, in Mongolia, it's it's. I would say it's not easy to be Christians because, especially, we have a lot of responsibilities. Because we are as a new generation of the Christians, we need to be real. We need to be, um, you know, like need to be a real father of Jesus Christ, which is impact other people. So um, um, we have a lot of challenges, and um, we have a little bit kind of persecutions or. It's it's different ways, many ways, not physically, but it's mindful and and like uh, um, re- uh, regulations, something like that. So, yeah, it's 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 been challenging, but uh, it's blessing too. Yeah. Have you have you always been a Christian, and have you always liked Christianity? Sorry. Have you always been a Christian, and have you always uh, liked? uh love to jesus well yeah um well i've I've been christian over i've been christian over um i met jesus in 1998 um that was um you know um i I was not all a christian life but i've been by more than 20 years um so um this is my christian life going on right now so yeah so if if uh if christianity is difficult uh where you are um why why do you why did you decide to follow jesus why why not just take the easy road and go with the flow thank you julian it's uh it's a, i think it's a very wonderful question so because you know um, christ has changed us um we met the truth um uh, we know as a person that jesus is our savior and uh, you know without him life is nothing so we uh, personally, me, I know that, and it's it's wonderful life. It's the only way to live out, um, and then you know pursue my life toward um, uh, to be like Jesus. So this is so so great love. Even though it's a tough, you know, some people would say Christians like a little bit goo-goo, You know, uh, something if Christians you become a Christian. For example, my families, my relatives. Be, after I become a Christian, they really um, how you said that. They really don't like me because because they think, um, you know, I, 
a distrust of the foreign religion, you know. Mm. Um, they are started to um, argue with me or something like that. But, you know, it's even though it's hard, but they see on the way over 20 years, they see our lives and they have started to change too, you know. Um, even though it's a hard, it's not easy way to follow, but there's a truth, there's a life, there's a way to live in. And that's, 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 I, you know, the following that, that truth. So this is my value and, 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 and hope in that way. So, so when you became a Christian, um, it didn't get, your family were not happy about it. Uh, how do they, how do your father feel about you being a Christian now? After they've so, looked, at you, looked at you, watched you live for 20 years. Yeah. And um, I can tell this story shortly. My father, in Mongolian culture, we fathers not express love to the sons, you know, like love you or something like that, caring, like even not express like this way. But after 20 years, um, in the beginning, my father was so bad to me because, you know, he told my, my son, why did you do this? You know, even in my relatives, my father, my, my father's father never choose that way. You know, you choose the totally wrong way as a Christian. It's not Mongolian. It's not good way. But, but after I became a Christian, you know, my father was keep very bad. Even sometimes he cut the relationship with me, you know, no calling, no talking. But now, you know, now my father see a love from us. Um, love from me because I became a Christian. Um, I started love my father more than other other people, you know, and then and then express my love to my father and talk to my father, you know, taking care of my father and then respect my father, you know, and then my father sees something different. And then my father one day, I never forget that it's about four or five years ago. Um, we were together, and, and and then my father told me that my son, I love you. It's 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 only in you know in my life he said that that you know I never heard that word in my life before, wow. but my father told me that my son, I love you because because my son, I see you from so much difference because my 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 dad knows me, he knows me, what I was, what I'm becoming. You know, and then my father told me that my son, I want to know about what you're going through. I mean, which means like a Christians. And then I talked to my father, and then I um, um I also told him, and then my father accepted Christ, and we prayed together, and we tears together, and then we talk started to talk about unforgiveness. You know, because I had some some unforgiveness from my father and, you know, something like that. So that was tremendous to me. That was just like a wonderful time. So now, you know, they have started to change because, because our life was different. So it's impacted them. So that's one of the story to me. It's, it's, to me, it's wonderful. Wow. Is it? Amen. Amen. And so, you know, I guess from, uh, from hearing you, from what, what you're saying is that if someone uh, is against you, that you keep loving them. You just keep loving them, you know. And uh, from what it sounds from you, it, it took 20 years 
but uh, just keep loving someone, even if they disagree with you, even if they dislike you. Um, you know, I guess the scripture says to love your neighbor, you know, even to love your enemies. So, so there we go. That's something for, for definitely me, perhaps for all of us to keep considering if we're struggling against people who think differently from us. Keep loving them through the power of the Spirit. Yes. Now, exactly. Monty, so you 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 uh, were not raised a Christian. Uh, you you uh, you didn't like Christians, if I remember well. Uh, <laughs> and then, uh, ironically, uh, you know, God shows he has a sense of humor, and he he uh, brought you to faith. Um, and clearly, you've had a big effect on your family. But what about Mongolia? How are you serving? Uh, how are you serving as Jesus's hands and feet in Mongolia? Um, well, um, generally, I have been serving in three ways right now. And first of all, well, my main focus is helping um, church church leaders and local churches help them to be like uh, hands and feet. And how do we how do we uh, you know serve? our nations, how are we impacting people? This is one. And also I observe in with non-Christians, try to be develop, try to be, give them idea of a biblical worldview, how to biblical worldview impact in level of development and poverty, corruptions or something like that. And then third way, I, you know, serve in among nomads, you know, um, this is a huge need. Those three general things that I try to serve right now, this is my primary um, my focus. Yeah. So, so uh, you said that you serve the Mongolian nomads. Um, tell us a little bit more about that. How, how I, I know nothing about Mongolian nomads. Um, it sounds very exotic and, uh, but uh, how 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 do you get there? I mean, do you fly to these Mongolia? How, how how is it that you can physically reach them? Well, you know, it's funny. Um, I can drive there, but I need tough vehicle, and then I can go with that vehicle. Even it depends on several days and four days, five days, two days, at least two days. You know, two to four days, and get there. And then we don't have a good road. Even you create your own road, you know, and then, and no, then no you roads. drive. Yeah, no roads. roads. Yeah, <laughs> there's no roads. You can create roads on the way. So, yeah, it's really tough area because Mongolian nomads live after water and grasses. And then it's hard to find out them, you know, where to live. And then we can, but we need to find out them. We go for them. Uh, I mean, additional information, because in Mongolia, we have um, more than 300,000 people live as a nomads. Wow. And then there's a, I mean, I would say, I would say it's a uh, forgetting people. You know, a lot of people coming to the city or big city or looking for a job or something like that. But those people are just, you know, lost people. A lot of people there. There's also a lot of uh, problems, climate changes, and then also education and health, you know. And then there's many other problems and they need just help. And then Jesus. And actually, my heart is broken for them. And then my heart really broken for them. And then I started to make actions and try to serve um, and um, 
and hands and feet of Jesus. So that's what I'm trying to do. Yeah. So, so you travel out sometimes for four days uh, in terrain where there aren't any roads, um, trying to find uh, nomadic people who are moving around, a moving target, as it were. And so, so you, you get there, you find them. Um, what do you do? I mean, um, you know, I, I've heard in the past how uh, some, some people, they say, well, you know, you Christians, you come in, you preach the word, you tell me about this guy named Jesus, <laughs> you leave a book, and then I never see you again. You know, so um, what, what are you doing that's uh, different from that? And just, just by the way, just in case you're tuning in, uh, you're listening to The Kingdom and Its Stories. My name is Julian Gibb from the Harvest Foundation. And uh, today we have with us uh, a dear uh, friend. His name is Monku, and he's from Mongolia. He's reaching out to the Mongolian nomads. And so back to that, Monku. What, you know, as I was saying, people, uh, us Christians on occasions, we can go, we can preach, we can leave a Bible, we can say goodbye. You know, how are you different? What are you doing that is different? Thank you. Thank you for this wonderful question, Julian. Because, yes, because... Because nomads are really strategical, really core, valuable people of Mongolia. So much. They're holding culture. They are so much valuable people. And then, I mean, you know, because they thank Christians for your religion. Because we do what you like said. You know, we just we just go for them and, and share something and give them and left them, you know, to never see again. So we have a strategy our strategy is just to be with them and to be their friend, like Mongolian people, not no other peoples, like no other like Americans or, or other Asians or something like Mongols to Mongols and then help them, um, helping them, um, um, you know, help them like to watch over the animals or cleaning their fields or, or just, you know, going for their um, horses or something like that. So our strategy is to be friend with them. And then, and just like Christians, you know, God is universal God, not as from outside God. It's, it's us, you know, so this is our core value. So we, just find them and just be with them, not going after results or how many Christians believe baptized. This is not our goal. We love to see that. But first of all, we love to have a wonderful relationship with them and then love them without any other results. So uh, we're just giving the results to God. So this is how we try to, try to do this, uh, serve among nomads. Well, that, that's a very poignant Point. You know, I think uh, sometimes we can get swept away with, you know, statistics rather than people. You know, it's kind of like, ah, oh, we need to have, you know, uh, our results can sometimes be focused on the, the amount of people that we're talking to or the, or the seat, the people sitting in the pews at church. But, you know, Jesus was there discipling with his disciples, you know, living with them, as you say. And mm-hmm. so... Um, can you give us some examples, like you know, of uh, you know, uh, conversations that you've had uh, with the Mongolian nomads, with, with people in regards to, you know, to sharing your faith with them? And so, as you said, you know, you're on a on a, I suppose you could call it a slow track. You know, you're not you're not sort of a 
someone who comes in one night, drops a Bible, runs out, and, you know, you're there to befriend, to make friends with these people, to earn their trust, as it were, to to help them see that you are interested in them and that you're not merely just trying to come in and uh, sell them a religion, but you're there to show them uh, faith in practice. So can can you give us a few... um, examples of like conversations you've had or ways that you have loved these mon- nomads. Yeah. Yeah. I last trip, I had a last trip in October and then I had a wonderful conversation with one young nomad. So I found them after two days drive and then I found them and stay with his family. And we have a little tent, you know, little tent, there is no waterproof simply. And then stay with them. And then just be like them and eat with them and talk to them, drink with them, you know. And then one of the one of the thing that first of all, I would say just um, like Mongolian culture, like Mongolian culture is like how you said that. We talk about lives, you know, not just directly the pointing, you know, purpose like purpose driven conversations. We like I mean, first of all, we said how life's going or something like that, culture, animal, ask animals or water or something like that. And then I do the same thing. And then also I helped him to watch over his animals. For example, um, it was a wonderful conversation because in, I, I was, you know, um, I was with his gear and a little, 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 you know, nomads, like we call it gear, a little like a, you know, it's like house. But it's a little gear. So, um, and then we helped talk it, and he was going to the animal, and then I, uh, sheeps and go sheeps. And then I asked him, oh, can I go with you? And then so he said, yes, if you want to go. So I, I taught them, and then we, we walk it to the, the animal. During that way, to, on the way, we talked about, about faith or about my life, and he was so open. And then I helped him. I helped him to watch over his animal and then just, you know, like, and then he was open. He was really open. And then we talk it and being good friends. So this is one of, one of my, you know, this is one of my way. And second, second, the really practical thing is I try to help people try to help. For example, as nomad needs something, um, Really small thing, but it's like a medical stuff, simple medical stuff. So I give it to them and just, you know, because I know what it what they need. So, and then give it to them and have a good relationship with them, good discussions, and then, you know, this kind of things. But I visited 10 families and six of them really hard, not open it. Because if they know me Christians, they're just closed. You know, because... Because a lot of people, a lot of people go through this family, like you said, Julian, like you said, just never ask, respect them, and just tell them about, about the gospel, keep them track, and just let them all, you know. And then they really don't like that because it's not culturally. Mongolians are not, not responded that way. So we're different ways. So... So that's that's kind of you know experience that I have, and then and then Lord reminded me just keep going, you know even they close even you never reach the people just just obey. This is one of the I believe this is one of the process 
that I obey God, you know, because the Lord reminded me to go and I'm just going. So this is the, this is what, what I'm, what I'm doing and experiencing. Yes. You know, when we uh, are obedient to Christ, there's always fruit, but we don't always see the results ourselves. Exactly. Exactly. You know, and uh, often, uh, at least in my culture, you know, it's kind of we, we want instant results. You know, if I push this button, I want <laughs> this to happen. If I talk to this person about Jesus Christ, you know, and in McDonald's and never see them again, I want them to come to Christ, you know. And yet <clears throat> scripture calls us to befriend people, to walk with them, to disciple, you know, so evangelism and discipleship together. Exactly. So, so you uh, uh, sense this this call, this this need in Mongolia for uh, the uh, people, nomadic people, to know about Jesus Christ. Um, why? What about the cities? I mean, did you do you uh, serve in the cities of of all? I, I'm yes. assuming that they yes. have a, a great need as well. I mean, is everything going well in Mongolia? Did, did, is there a need for Jesus? Exactly. Um, Mongolia need completely Jesus. Um, I mean, Mongolia is, I mean, it's good and bad. For example, my perspective, people would say different things, but in my perspective, Mongolia are in danger. We are in danger in level of a development and level of a mindset and level of a culture. Because, you know, Mongolia have unbiblical worldview spreading out fastly last 15 years, very fast, which is shamanism getting, you know, because shamanism are teaching people to be, to be really fatalist and really lazy, not loving each other, which is creating culture in our society is just really harsh, really harsh. And then some people, even some people, some people that don't like to work, they're just looking for for the government something to do for them or somebody who come for them and do for them, you know, which is destroying our nation. You know, it's so badly. And then that's that's the reason we need Jesus, you know. Um, but for me, you know, um, for me, one of the things that I've reached is a, um, a level of a government and try to be, give them idea of biblical worldview. What is the biblical worldview? How it relates to the uh, uh, community, you know, uh, development, transformation, something like that. So this is kind of things happening in Mongolia. So we need Jesus completely, you know, it's, it's so much needed. So did you say you've spoken to the government? Yes. Uh, so uh, so how did that happen? Did you just knock on the door and say, hello, my name's Monku, Mr. President or Prime Minister or wh- whatever your leader is, and uh, excuse my ignorance. Uh, how, how, how did you start that conversation? Yes, thank you, Jill. It's a good question. Because I, I first, first in the beginning, I was just, you know, I was just, introduced myself my mom, I'm a Christian leader or something like that they closed they never happened again because they don't like it because even in a government level even the leaders and then I started to strategy and then I just exp- uh, introduced myself introduced myself like a like a uh, I mean you know how you said that develop 
developers or something like that and lecturers or something like that, you know, and then, and then during the way I told them, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian as a person, as a person, and then started to share and then change it just the values and principles, not like a verse Bible verses or something like that, but I started to teach them, um, teach them the values and principles of the Bible. So, yeah. Well, that, that's wonderful. And so, so from what I'm hearing from you, uh, my le- the lessons for me and perhaps those listening are that you uh, were called by Christ, but you were called to sort of a, a long path of obedience, of being you being transformed, but reaching out to people and just doing what God tells you to do and leaving the results in his hands. And so for those listening, what is God calling you to do? You know, reaching out to people, perhaps in America, in this divided country, reaching out to people who are different and loving them in the name of Jesus Christ. But Monku, a big thank you to you for today. And I appreciate you joining us all the way from uh, Mongolia. There is much that I know that we can learn from you in the way that you have followed Jesus Christ. Thank you. But thank you one and all for listening. Please join us again next week. Jesus defines discipleship as come and follow me. Next Monday at 5.30 p.m. on Faith Talk 1360, we'll hear another testimonial from a leader demonstrating how they and the people of the church are sacrificially loving the needy and beginning to see real change in their communities. If you have a personal example of how you are being the hands and feet of Jesus with your neighbors, We'd love to hear from you. Enter your story at harvestfoundation.org. That's harvestfoundation.org on the Contact Us tab. You can also subscribe to the podcast on The Kingdom and Its Stories on Apple Podcasts and Spotify.